Soon my Lord will call for me. What a glad reunion day. Friends and loved ones I shall see. What a glad reunion day. Yes, a bright and happy morning I shall fly away. Hallelujah, I will shout. What a glad reunion day. When I reach the other side, what a glad reunion day. Heaven's gates will open wide. What a glad reunion day. So some bright and happy morning, I shall fly away. Hallelujah, I will shout. What a glad reunion day. Then to Jesus, let me go. What a glad reunion day, where the healing waters flow. What a glad reunion day. At the feet of Christ my Lord, what a glad reunion day. We shall sing in one accord, what a glad reunion day. Yes, a bright and happy morning, I shall fly away. Hallelujah, I will shout, what a glad reunion day. Some bright and happy morning, I shall fly away. Hallelujah, I will shout. What a glad reunion, what a glad reunion, what a glad reunion day. Wow, I, uh, you know, it just feels like every time I turn around, there's somebody else to thank. But uh, I wanted to thank Carolyn, and I don't know if she's in here, but Carolyn was the one who brought her horses down. And I know so many enjoyed the pony rides, the horse rides. And Carolyn's all the way up in Pennsylvania. And honestly, she, um, she, she did not ask for a dime to do any of that. Not one dime. Uh, asked, well, how much do you charge? Uh, I don't charge anything. N not at all. And what a great spirit she had. What a blessing she was. She just wants to, she said, I just want to use my animals for the Lord. And uh, what a blessing it is. And she's uh, uh, trying to stick with Baptist churches and just stay busy doing, helping out Baptist churches. And I thought that was exciting. We're going to take care of her for sure. We're going to make sure she goes away feeling good about being here. Not just because she did a wonderful job and the Lord blessed, but just because we want her to know we appreciate her. So we're going to take care of her. And then uh, I did want to thank uh, Brother Cavanaugh and Brother Josh. Uh, something like this, um, it takes a lot of planning and preparation, and the two of them really invested a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of uh, just 
I mean, they've burned brain cells. I mean, it's like, I don't know if they'll ever be the same. But anyway, not that they were doing that well anyway, right? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, fellas. I got to speak the truth, man. I'm a preacher, right? No, but uh, really, I do appreciate them. They did such a great job. And uh, again, they're just, it wouldn't be done. I couldn't do it without them. I really couldn't. I just couldn't do it. Uh, and I appreciate them. So I'm going to ask Brother Cavanaugh is going to come. And then as soon as he's done, Brother Josh is going to come. And I just want to kind of double barrel shotgun tonight. Just something a little different, different, unusual. And uh, we'll get you out of here. I know you're tired, you're wore out. But we did want to be encouraged from the Word of God. Brother? Thank you, preacher. Ephesians chapter 3 this evening. And uh, we'll look just at a passage here. Ephesians chapter 3. And it is a blessing to serve the Lord in the ministry. And uh, man, it doesn't matter where you're at. And... Uh, uh, that God is good to us, that calls us, that he counts us worthy, right, like Paul said. And it doesn't matter, you know, with full-time ministry, uh, it doesn't matter. You're serving the Lord. Uh, what a blessing it is to serve the Lord in the ministry. And uh, I'm so thankful for what the Lord did through our church today. Ephesians chapter 3 and uh, verse number 14. Ephesians three fourteen. The Bible says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled with all, full, uh, with all the fullness of God, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. We live in such a fast-paced society today. We want instant gratification. We want our results right away. And even on a day like today, you know, I'm going to be one of the first ones to find out how many souls were saved and what the numbers were and how many people were in church. It's awesome. I, I, I love those type of statistics. I love seeing all the registrations and the numbers and the averages and how many people were in. I love that kind of thing. But I want us to slow down just for a moment in these few minutes. And that middle phrase there, he's praying here, the Apostle Paul, for the church that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. He's referencing their faith in Christ Jesus and that the Spirit is indwelling them. And as a result of the Spirit, he's saying, I want you to understand as believers the, the height or the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. I want you to understand how big this is. I want you to see the, the big picture of what God can accomplish. What He can do in you and what He can do through you. I don't want you to just rush right into this thing and, and get it done and work hard. Yes, those things are good. But I want you to pause for a moment and, and really examine what can I accomplish versus the Holy Spirit in me, what can He do? That's what we sought for in this whole event was that the Holy Spirit would be glorified, and that's what he closes this passage of Scripture out with. He, he tells them, hey, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we are, could ask or think. Man, unto him, that's, 
that it's in his name, the, the, the God who can accomplish all these things, who I want you to understand the breadth, the height, the width. We are such a... I, hey, hey, even when I, you know, when I sit down to watch a sports game, I, I'm, with, I'm on that. I, I wait for it to play. I don't ever watch anything live anymore, rarely ever. I don't even have TV, so it's always go back to YouTube or something like that. And, and I am on that 10-second fast-forward button. And a boom, 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 boom. And, and I barely watch, I just, I watch plays. That's all I watch. Fast forward. Fast forward. And you know what? That's how we live our lives so often. Fast forward. Well, the apostle here is challenging them. He said, hey, I want you to step back and in faith, I want you to look at what Christ can accomplish in you. And so, simple challenge this afternoon is entitled, Faith Forward. As we move forward, what can God do? And then how should we respond to what he's done right now? Should it just be about the instant gratification and that's it? Because there's going to be some things that we're going to encounter even on the, right now as the, as the clock's ticking today and this afternoon. and There's going to be opposition. The devil's not happy about what happened today. And so moving forward, we've got to look about our faith. I want you to jump back to the complete opposite direction to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22 in verse number one, and just look at a couple things right here, a couple little simple points, a very familiar passage of Scripture with Abraham. A couple ideas about faith and then how we can respond to what uh, the Lord has done today. Genesis chapter 22 and verse number one, it says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now we know that no man can say that he is tempted of the Lord as far as sin, but God put Abraham to the test. He put him to the test regarding his faith. And Abraham, uh, unto Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. God told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to go, and I want you to, uh, to take, Ab- uh, take Isaac with you, and you're going to go up into a mountain. I'm not even uh, going to tell you which mountain. You just got to go that direction. When you get close, then I'll tell you what mountain. And you're going to be offering up Isaac, whom thou lovest. What an incredible test. I, ca- I cannot comprehend that challenge. To go on a journey and know the whole journey that I, at the end of this journey, when God finally tells me where I'm going, I'm going to be taking my son that I love and offering him up on an altar. First thing that I want to make note of about faith this afternoon is that your faith is in God, not in the victory. Too often, our faith is rooted in the victory. It's it's rooted in what is accomplished or what the result of what we say our faith was. Oh, I have faith God's going to do something great. But then the great thing never happens. And you're like, oh, what a discouragement. We really prayed. We really sacrificed. We really worked hard. This is so bad. This is so horrible. No, your faith is not in the victory. Your faith is in God. And that's what the Apostle Paul told the Ephesians. I want you to understand. I want you to comprehend in God what he can do. Man, it's so sad. And I've been there. Hey, you, you don't see what you want to see. You don't see the results you want to see. And you're like, God, where are you? What happened? Here is Abraham. And we know that Abraham stepped out in faith. And it is, I would not call it a victory when God calls me to go offer up my son. And I followed through in faith. And if God said, hey, as, I, as we know, he stood there with the knife. And Abraham was about ready to plunge that into Isaac. 
I wouldn't call that a victory on the, on the, on the, the, looking back at that. But our faith is not in the victory. Oh, I know, we know the song, faith is the victory. And we often get these little words mixed up. See, it's simply that our faith is in God. And what he chooses to do and how he chooses to do it is totally up to him. He's the one that's going to bring the victory. He's the one that's going to accomplish the work he wants to accomplish. We look at it our way and we say, God, this is what I want here and here and here. Now, we know what God's will is and we can pray according to his will. But he's the one that's going to bring the victory. We have got to be careful this afternoon to keep in mind that our, our faith is in God, not in the victory. Uh, in Mark chapter 11, uh, the Lord is walking by a fig tree, right? And with the apostles. And he comes by the fig tree and the fruit is not, right? It's not ripe, it's not there. And he curses the fig tree. And they go on their way. And the next day they come by the fig tree and it's all withered up and dead. And the apostle said, Lord... The fig tree that you cursed yesterday, it's dead. It's dead. In verse number 22 of that chapter, it says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Why? Because the point wasn't to kill the tree. The point was, what I say is going to happen. What I say I want to to happen is going to happen. If I curse the fig tree, it's going to die. Hey, just have faith in God, not in the victory. Faith in God. Second thing I want you to notice about faith back in our passage, Genesis chapter 22, in verse number 6. It says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife and the... And a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father... And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. The first thing that I mentioned, and kind of already mentioned both of these, but your faith is in God, not in the victory. The second thing is, God brings the victory he wants to bring. And, and, and Abraham went into this thing saying, hey, God's going to do what he wants to do here, son. I know what God's told me to do, and I'm just going to be obedient in doing that. I'm going to step out in faith, but God's going to bring the victory he wants to do. Hey, church, I can't encourage you enough. You just need to be obedient to God. Your faith is not in the victory. Your faith is in God, and God will bring the victory that he wants. He'll bring the victory he wants. It may not be the way you want it to be. It may not be what you want it to be, but he will bring the victory that he wants wants to bring. The third thing that I want to note in our passage this afternoon, Genesis chapter 22, verse number 14, it says, and Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Abraham was there, and we know that he turned around, and the ram was in the thicket, right? And Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh. God will provide. The Lord will provide. The third thing that I want to mention this afternoon about our faith is that our faith should continue. Your faith should continue. Your faith is not in the victory, it's in the Lord. The Lord will bring the victory that he wants to bring, so let your faith continue. 
let your faith continue. Because the truth of the matter is, you are now going to be faced with opposition. And whenever there's a victory in your life, it always seems as though there's opposition. And the devil is on the warpath, and, and he wants to discourage. You know, it's a, a bit of a spiritual high, if you will, when we uh, see the Lord do miraculous things. Man, I, I, I come in this uh, on, on a Friday morning, I think it was, and I've just been praying, Lord, change the weather. I don't even want it to show up in the app that there's going to be weather. I don't want it to be discouraging to anybody when they click open that weather app. Friday morning, wake up, no, wet, no rain on Sunday. Man, just, it's just one of those things like, Lord, thank you. You know, you, you, you see that victory and you, you have these awesome experiences and you, you see the miracles that the Lord performs. But there's going to be opposition. There's going to be opposition. There's a story of an elderly man. He was a sickly man. He was a weak man, and he had withdrawn himself from society and just kind of pulled himself back into a cabin far away from other people. He would often sit on his porch, and on the edge of his porch was a giant boulder. And one day the man was rocking on his porch, and he was just looking at that boulder. And he went to bed that night, and he had a very vivid dream. A dream that the Lord came to him and said, I want you to wake up tomorrow and I want you to push that boulder. Oh, Lord, why I want you to push the boulder. So he woke up the next morning and he just had purpose. Man, I had a vision, I had a dream from the Lord. And he got up and he got to the boulder and he went out there that day and just kind of leaned against that boulder and he started to push. And he pushed. The Lord said, had told him that, I wanted him to, that he had wanted him to do it for six hours a day. And that man got out there for six hours a day and even longer most days. And he would push against that giant. I mean, a big old giant boulder, taller than the man was. This was in early spring. And the spring goes by and summer goes by and he doesn't miss a day. He'd only take a break to go in and eat a meal. He'd get back out at that boulder and he'd get out there and he'd push. And he'd push and he'd push and he'd push. Come into the late colder months of fall, the leaves have fallen off the tree and the man is getting up one day and he's walking out onto his front porch and he's like, man, I wonder how far I've gotten with this boulder all this time. And so he figures out all the math, right? He draws angles off of the house and angles off of the trees and angles off of the porch and how far did I move the boulder? And he finds out he'd moved it a quarter of an inch. For six months he'd been pushing that boulder a quarter of an inch. Out there every day, pushing against the rock, pushing against the rock. Because he thought the Lord had told him to do it. And then one day he decides, I'm done. The rock's not moving. And he starts sitting on his porch, rocking away the next day. And he's just kind of grumbling. Why did the Lord tell me to do that? Pushing against the rock, pushing against the rock. Nothing's happening. And the Lord came to him in a vision, as it were, on that porch. And said, hey, how you been feeling? Oh, I've been feeling pretty good. Hey, what about those, that cough and that sickness you've been, you'd been fighting all that time? You know what? I've come to think of it, I haven't had that cough for months. Hey, why don't you stand up, get all your rocking chair, go look in the mirror. And this old man who had been crooked over and was sickly and unhealthy looked in the mirror and realized he'd gotten all that color back in his skin and, and, and was standing up straight as an arrow and had some definition to his muscle and to his body. Because every day he had been out pushing against the unmovable object. Because the Lord had told him to do that. I know it's a story. But it may seem that sometimes the Lord puts you up against a boulder. 
and you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing and you step back and you say, where's the victory, God? You told me to do this. But he still wants you to push because he's working on you. He's working on you. He's trying to stretch you. He's trying to shape you. And the man was looking at the boulder thinking the victory was in the boulder and how far he moved the the boulder. But that wasn't what God was trying to accomplish. The victory was in the man and the man was trying to, God was trying to shape and form that man and work on him. Hey, you know what? There's going to be opposition and you're going to feel like, hey, tomorrow you might just want to quit. The devil's going to get in your head and say, oh, what a waste. And, and you just say, I don't want to do it. And, and hey, the devil, he's a great discourager. Whenever there's great victories, he gets right in there and he says, hey, why, why are you pushing against the boulder? Why are, you, why are you continuing that way? And I want to challenge you this afternoon. Hey, we've seen the Lord do a great thing by faith. But it wouldn't, hey, if it completely flopped today, as long as it was by faith, it was the victory. Our faith in God was the victory. And so have faith in God. Have faith in God in your personal life. Have faith that he'll perform things in your family. But just trust him to do what he wants to do. And be in a place where his Holy Spirit can work through you. There are so many people that could have quit, or could have quit but didn't. I have a whole list of people here. People like Johnny Fulton, who was the first man to break under two minutes in a half mile run. Broke, t- hit by a car 60 miles an hour when he was two years old. Totally blew up his legs. Never going to walk again, never going to do anything. Became one of the fastest men in the world. Why? Because he didn't quit. He said, I'm going to do the exact opposite of what they said. I mean, I, I list Woodrow Wilson, Lou Gehrig. <laughs> we know Lou Gehrig's disease, right? But this guy became famous in, 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 in Major League Baseball because of uh, what he said, I'm going to put my mind to and get done. Why? Because he didn't quit. And far too often there's some opposition that comes our way and we just quit far too soon. Let's not quit, church. Let's continue to have faith in God. And faith, 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 faith is the victory. Faith's the victory. Doesn't matter what the outcome is. Let's trust the Lord. We do our work. And we're pure and we're right. And we let him work through us. But we leave the results up to him. And do not be discouraged tomorrow morning when the house falls apart around you. Don't be discouraged tomorrow morning when your kids are little demons. Don't be discouraged tomorrow morning when you wake up in the morning off the wrong side of the bed and you have a bad act. No, hey, just don't let the devil get you down. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. They're in our Bibles. Go to verse number 41, Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. Acts chapter 2, verse number 41, the Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Hmm. We gathered here today looking forward to God doing something miraculous, something special, something amazing. And can I tell you, he did that today. When I had the privilege, preacher said, uh, Brother Josh, Brother Kavanaugh, myself, we're going to look on as... 
I give you an opportunity to raise your hand for salvation. I, I saw hands go up throughout the auditorium. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Souls saved and on their way to heaven today as a result of this event, as a result of these services, this church, your effort, our God. About 3,000 souls. You know, I, I thought it was interesting. I was thinking this morning, I was sitting right here this morning, really before I got going, before we got to it, and we're taking chairs outside and finishing things with the events. And I was thinking, man, what happens? We got all these people here, and it's just a mess. It's just totally crazy. I got to think of these people here. They got together, and they prayed for something spectacular. They prayed for something amazing. And can I tell you, I don't think they were totally prepared for what was about to happen. I think they were spiritually prepared. They had been prayed up, and they were ready for God to do something great. But mentally and emotionally, I think uh, down to the details, where this goes, where that, I don't think they were ready. God is very detailed in Scripture, and I love the fact that it says here, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Somewhere in there, I think, personally, they got a little overwhelmed with the masses, with the crowds that came in for salvation. Listen. You say, well, we weren't overwhelmed that way. We didn't see 3,000 souls saved today. We didn't see 3,000 people in attendance. No. No, but we prepared for this day. And I believe we saw something great. Brother Cavanaugh took it right down to where I'm going here because my point here is in the verse number 42 just below. Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. What was the word he kept using there towards the end? And they continued. And they continued. Where do we go from here? What do we do now? We've had months of buildup in preparation for our big day. We're going to have inflatables. We're going to have food. It's going to be crazy out there. Lots of guests, plenty of visitors. We're going to see souls saved. We want to see the auditorium jam-packed September 17th, September 17th, and here, here it is, right here, right now, and we're preparing to close it down. So now what? This part right here is what scares me, me personally. And it may not scare you, and that's fine. I get worried because I've been here before. Have you ever seen God do something big in your life? Has God ever spoken to you in a service? really got a hold of you, you went down the altar, maybe you're getting things right, maybe you're making big decisions, maybe it's a, it's a tent meeting, right? And, and the, preacher, the preacher gets up and says the same phrase about 450,000 times. And before you know it, it's a Friday night and you're literally physically standing inside an offering plate. Physically, literally, you've got your feet. It doesn't fit. You're trying not to fall and look like a goofball in front of everybody because you're standing in the offering plate. And you know what that represents. You know what that means. You know the decision that you're making now. So where do I go now? What do I do? I'm scared because 
The fight is not in that moment. Oh, that's a big decision, and that's a good decision to step inside that offering plate. It was a good decision to come to this church and pray, spend hours and hours for this day, for this event. Great idea. We prepare. We plan. We pray for it all. And now what? It's very easy to go back to a former routine. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, my prayer life was strengthened by the time I spent here in the auditorium with so many of you. So what does God want me to do? He wants me to continue. We, we came on a Saturday. I don't normally come on Saturdays, but I'm going to show up for those pass outs. I'm going to get here. I'm going to get after it. We're pushing. We're pointing to our big day. Now what? We must continue. Community Baptist Temple, we've got to keep after it. Where do we go from here? What do we do? It's all over. It's done. Oh, I know. I know we're going to say the right thing. The spiritual thing is, okay, now on to the follow-up. Let's follow up with those first-time visitors. Let's follow up with those souls that were saved. We understand. We know all of that. But you personally, me individually, what are we going to do after today is all said and done? We must continue. We must continue. Mr. Weiser caught me before the service. He says, put it on the bottom shelf, Josh. <laughs> Help me out today. Mr. Weiser, I heard him out there. He was running his chops all day out there in the parking lot, doing what he does best. Mr. Weiser, I need you to help me really quick. I'm going to put this on the bottom shelf. And you asked for this. You did. All right. He said, I'm going to get back in the youth group. And I said, eh. he said, I've got money. I said, all right, you're in. Okay, come on over here, right up here on stage. What if I said, Mr. Weiser, do you know how to snap your finger? I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah, that, that, that takes me back to the junior church. <laughs> Go to the back of the class, Josh. <laughs> ah, how did he see that? <laughs> Mr. Weiser can snap his finger. What if I said, every time Mr. Weiser snaps his fingers, we all get 100 bucks. God will provide. God will provide. We all get 100 bucks every time he snaps his fingers. All right, go ahead and snap your finger a few times. Two, three, let's go five, four, five. That's 500 bucks. We all, all get 500 bucks. Sound good? Are we good with that? Yes? Okay. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. Now, Mr. Weiser gets to doing that. He's pretty good at it, and he stays faithful. He's consistent. He's keeping after it. He's snapping his fingers. Go ahead. Let's do it five more times. Let's get it up to an even thousand. Uh, yeah, it's a thousand. Are we good with that? A thousand bucks? Are we good? He's not going to stop. He's going to keep going. Keep going. All right. Now, Mr. Weiser, he gets to thinking. He says, you know what? Snapping my fingers, it's all well and good. But I heard that there's some good money in lawn care. I'm going to start cutting grass. I'm going to start making money there. Rather than snapping my fingers, right there, there's the money, right here, I'm going to go cut some grass. How many would say, that's a wise move, Mr. Weiser? Anybody? I talk, a couple hands, a couple teenagers, you can count on that. 
No, 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 right here, right now. It's as simple as that. Just snapping your fingers, money right there. Cold, hard cash. Because you know what? It's, it's winter. We're coming up on the cold season. I'm going to start planning and preparing now. Instead of cutting grass, I'm going to start shoveling some driveways to make some money. You say, no, Mr. Wiser, what are you thinking? All you got to do is snap your fingers. It's right there. It's that easy. You're insane. Forget the driveways. Right here. Right here. It's that easy. All you got to do is keep snapping your fingers. Continue. Don't quit. Keep snapping those fingers. When noon, Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon, we stopped praying. There was a few of us here. Mr. Jurgen, there's a handful of us here. A whole bunch of us, oh, a handful of college students, we got done. We, got, we finished at noon, right? Noon Wednesday, noon to Friday. A little break for church on Wednesday night, but we're just praying. God says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God says, ye have not because ye ask not. He says, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. It's noon on Friday, and the prayer slot's over. And I want you to know, I, I, I just tell you, God was right here in this auditorium. I believe he's here right now. It, it was powerful to the point we couldn't stop praying. There were some that continued on and started walking the aisles. I'm not, to, I'm not trying to get it. There's no pats on the back here. I'm not, nothing spooky. No, 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 no. God was just answering prayer. God was just doing what he said he would do. We'll find it at the end of the chapter. They just had to get back to where it all started. Pentecost, thousands of souls saved. God works in a miraculous way. It was through that prayer meeting. And you know what they needed to continue doing? They needed to keep praying. I want to make a difference in Akron, so... We're going to come up with the best idea and the best plan. Remember, Mr. Wiser, just snap your fingers. There's the money. God says, just call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. God said, get on your knees. <laughs> ye have not, because ye, ye ask not. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. Got all the best ideas in the world today. But I'm telling you, we just need to continue in prayer. Don't stop praying. Thank you, Mr. Weiser. Let me close it down with this verse. Verse number 42, let's go there. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Continue, church, Community Baptist Temple, we must continue together. We are in, do you believe that God can? 
Do you believe that God can make a difference today? Do you believe that God can still save souls? Do you believe that God can show up right here, right now? Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe that God gave his only son for you? Oh, God loves us. It's very simple. Let's continue together. I believe. I'm with you today. I believe that. Let's continue together. In verse number 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Let's continue together, church. Let's continue today. You leave, you swing by Dunkin' Donuts drive through need a coffee after all of that. Give that young lady, that young man, a gospel track. Let's continue together. Let's continue today. Father, we love you. It is really so simple, God, because it has absolutely nothing to do with us. If we want to make a difference, God, it will be you. We need you, and we love you. Father, I pray that you would help us long after this day. I can just picture right now the, the men and the women, the, the boys and the girls, Lord, that came throughout the week to, to pray for this special day. Father, help us to continue in prayer. We want power. Your power. We want your presence to go with us, to go before us. We're going to have to follow up with these folks. We want to see these first-time guests come back once again. Lord, some of them slipped through the cracks. They, they, they knew they should raise their hand. They knew they should make that decision. They weren't saved, and they, they made it through. They fought it. They were under conviction. Lord, we want to go in your strength, in your power, in your might. Help us, Father. We want to see more souls saved. We want to see lives changed. We need your power, Father. We need your presence. Help us, God. Help us as a church. Together, Father, help us to continue. Give us the strength and the boldness that we need. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's all stand as the music begins to play. The Lord's spoken to you about something today. Why don't you step on out to that aisle and come down to this altar and just talk to God for a moment. Just talk to God for a bit.